This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And it is Pope Pope Parliament, where we bring you highlights from today's Day One Rakyat. So the first question of the day was on the Free Palestine rally that happened on Sunday. Machang MP Wan Faisal Wan Kamal asked if guidelines had been provided on what people can and cannot chant at rallies. So we did speak about this yesterday, but in case you missed it, basically one of the things that happened during the rally was that the organisers of uh, Offset Rally Viva Palestine Malaysia had allegedly stopped people from chanting the takbir which then received heavy criticism. Now, just to note, the organizers chairperson Dr. Musa Nordin has responded to this and explained that they wanted the rally to be inclusive of other religious groups. Now, in the day one, Home Minister Datuk Sri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail read out Dr. Musa's statement in response to this uh, and also said that we should redirect our focus to the larger issue at hand, um, which is, you know, to be in solidarity with with Palestine. Macam isu pokoknya apa? Solidarity kepada rakyat Palestin. Diiktiraf oleh negara yang bersimpati sebagai negara berdaulat tapi tak ada tanah air. Baik di Gaza atau tebing barat yang asalnya Jordan, Gaza asalnya Mesir. Buminya itu adalah bumi yang dijajah. Itu isu pokok. Isu pokok sekarang apa? Nyawa 2 juta rakyat dia terancam. Tentera Israel sudah berada di sempadan. I think isu pokoknya itu. Isu pokoknya apa? Isu pokoknya mengeluarkan rakyatnya daripada tanah Gaza sekarang ini yang sedang terkepung. Ini yang dibuat oleh Perdana Menteri. Bertemu Sisi, bertemu Edwan, bertemu Salman. Menjadi koordinator bagi pihak ASEAN. Saya fikir itu. Himpunan solidariti kita galakkan. Malam ni pun ada juga. Macam elok juga hati sama malam ni. Jadi soal dibenarkan, tidak dibenarkan, takbir dan sebagainya... Saya tak fikir itu isu utamanya. Ya, saya Muslim. Takbir artinya melaungkan tentang kebesaran Allah Taala. Ada khilaf di antara kita. Hal ini adalah bagaimana penganjur itu, okay, mengikut budi bicara mereka dan kepahaman mereka. Itu aja. Macam boleh anjurkan 10-20 ribu besok takbirlah. Ya, kalau saya ada masa saya akan ikut serta saya akan takbir sekuat kuatnya. Itu saya ingat konteks. Terima kasih. That was Home Minister, Datuk Sri Saifuddin Asution. Who was uh, soldiering on, clearly, despite <laughs> repeated attempts uh, at interjection. Next, though, uh, the question of, and I'm really sorry to all the grass enthusiasts out there, and I mean that in the most legal way possible, <laughs> but um, the question of, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Zion Zoysia grass, and whether we should be using it in other stadiums besides the Bukit Jalil National Stadium. Now, this question was posed by Mersing MP Mohammed Islahuddin Abbas. Now, again, if you're already intensely familiar with the varieties of grass, bear with us. If you're not familiar, Zion Zoysia is basically high-quality grass that is barefoot-friendly and can survive extreme weather and, because of its light green colour, is also known to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye. It is, in fact, the same grass used in the Rio Olympics in 2016. It also grows best in regions with high heat and humidity, like ours. So the Bukit Jalil National Stadium had been installed with this grass back in April um, and, according to reports, it actually cost almost 5 million ringgit. 
Minister of Youth and Sports, Hannah Hyo, told the day one that the ministry had suggested for all states across the country to consider using this grass in their stadiums. But the final decision would be from state governments because they have to think about factors like cost as well as long-term maintenance. As of now, only Sarawak has agreed to use Zion Zoysia. Sehingga kini, hanya negeri Sarawak sahaja yang telah menyatakan persetujuan untuk menggunakan rumput Zion Zoysia ini. Negeri-negeri yang tidak bersetuju adalah Terengganu, Wilayah Persekutuan dan Pahang yang mahu mengekalkan penggunaan rumput sedia ada. Manakala negeri-negeri lain pula masih memerlukan lanjutan masa untuk membuat keputusan sehingga mereka betul-betul yakin bahawa kos dan penyelenggaraan rumput tersebut tidak membebankan untuk jangka masa panjang. Terima kasih. Now, carrying on with the uh, grass conversation, in a supplementary question, the Mersing MP wanted to know what financial aid was being given to state governments to grow Zion Zoysia grass and what else the government would be doing to help with other upgrades. At this point, I feel compelled to say that um, here on Popit Popit Parliament, we promise variety. We always say it's a buffet of topics. We always say you never know what's coming up. And I feel like this focus on Zion Zoysia is, is evidence that you really can't anticipate what will happen in Popit Popit Parliament. But accept that the conversation is growing. Yes, that's exactly right. So um, the minister responded that each state can choose one stadium to install this grass in, and that would be funded by the government. This would only apply to grass installation. Other upgrades to stadiums um, were in fact the responsibility of respective state governments. Tawaran yang kita berikan kepada setiap kerajaan negeri adalah untuk memilih satu stadium dahulu untuk uh, menerima sumbangan rumput Zion Soizia daripada Kementerian Belia dan Sukan. Tawaran ini hanya untuk rumput. Tetapi naik taraf stadium tersebut, masing-masing kerajaan negeri kena usahakan kerana setiap stadium yang dipilih oleh mereka mempunyai keadaan status yang berbeza. Saya bagi contoh, mungkin satu negeri A, mereka hanya perlu naik taraf sistem saliran. Untuk B, mungkin mereka hanya perlu naik taraf um, soil dekat situ. Oleh sebab itu, tawaran yang kita berikan adalah untuk kos rumput sahaja. Dan mereka tidak kata, mereka tidak berminat. Kebanyakan negeri kata mereka nak tunggu dulu untuk kaji dari segi kos penyelenggaraan setiap bulan sama ada kerajaan negeri itu mampu atau tidak untuk teruskan projek tersebut. That was Youth and Sports Minister Hannah Yeo. Let us know, other than Zion Zoysia Grass, what other upgrades would you like to see to our sports stadiums? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. And now we're moving on to the perennial topic of abandoned and sick housing projects. This was raised by Wang Samaju MP Zahe Hassan, who wanted to know whether the Housing Development Account Act, or the HDA, was effective to address this crisis and if developers have been compliant with provisions within the Act. Now, before getting into the answer, Deputy Local Government Development Minister Akman Nasrullah Mohamad Nasir first gave us a quick refresher of the provisions stipulated in the HDA. Section 7A Kurungan 1 memperuntukkan supaya pemaju perumahan berlesen membuka suatu akaun pemajuan perumahan dengan izin Housing Development Account HDA. Section 7C memperuntukkan supaya pemaju menyimpan apa-apa rekod perakaunan dan rekod-rekod lain yang menjelaskan transaksi dan kedudukan kewangan pemaju. 
Section 7E memperuntukkan pemaju dalam tempoh 6 bulan selepas berakhir tahun kewangan untuk menghantar dan menyiarkan dalam warta suatu salinan laporan juru audit salinan kunci kira-kira dan akaun untung ruginya kepada pengawal perumahan. Section 7C memperuntukkan pengawal perumahan boleh secara bertulis meminta bank atau syarikat kewangan membekukan HDA sekiranya pemaju perumahan berlesen tersebut dipercayai menjalankan perniagaan dengan cara memudaratkan kepentingan pembeli atau menyalahi mana-mana peruntukan akta ini. Peraturan 4 Pemajuan Perumahan 1991 telah memperuntukkan semua pemaju perumahan yang berlesen memasukkan kesemua wang yang dibayar oleh pembeli dan pinjaman wajib ke dalam akaun HDA. Peraturan 7 adalah untuk mengawal pengeluaran wang oleh pemaju dengan kebenaran pihak bank bagi tujuan tertentu sahaja mengikut peraturan ini seperti yang ditetapkan. He went on to share that 20 projects deemed abandoned or sick had been frozen and this was after investigations had found that developers were neglecting their responsibilities. Bagi menjawab persoalan yang berhormat sebentar tadi, KPKT telah mengambil tindakan membekukan sebanyak 20 akaun HDA bagi projek dalam kategori sakit. Tindakan pembekuan ini adalah berdasarkan kepada siasatan yang menunjukkan pemaju mengabaikan tanggungjawabnya dan boleh menjejaskan kepentingan pembeli. Selain itu, pemaju juga boleh dikompaun sehingga maksimum RM50,000 sekiranya gagal melaksanakan kewajipan sebagaimana peruntukan di dalam Akta 118 dan peraturan-peraturannya. Sebanyak 200 dikeluarkan bagi kesalahan di bawah Seksyen 7 Kurungan E pada tahun 2022 dan 2023. He also explained that his ministry conducts audits and regular monitoring to ensure that developers comply with the HDA and if they don't, uh, the ministry would block any applications for withdrawals. So Zahir wanted to know what other concrete action was being done to resolve this housing project issue uh, and pointed out that the biggest obstacle for developers was actually a lack of funds. Now to this, the minister said that the proposal to use the special guarantee fund to restore sick and abandoned projects will actually be submitted to the finance ministry. Um, this was a fund that was just recently announced in uh, in budget 2024. So the proposal asked for funds to be used for affordable housing projects uh, under 300,000 and for projects with at least 80% progress status. Seperti yang YB sebutkan sebentar tadi, memang terdapat kekangan yang agak jelas bahawa dari segi kekuatan kewangan di pihak pemaju ada keterbatasan. Maka sebab itu kalau dilihat sementara sudut yang kedua yang berhormat juga sebut soal bagaimana yang amat berhormat Menteri Keuangan telah mengemukakan dalam Belanjawan 2024 iaitu dana jaminan khas. Sementara saya sendiri secara daripada KPKT mengharapkan agar Dewan ini dapat meluluskan Belanjawan supaya kami di pihak Task Force ini boleh membantu untuk menilai projek-projek sakit ataupun terbengkalai. Uh, keutamaan ataupun cadangan bagaimana jaminan khas ni dapat digunapakai kita akan kemukakan kepada Kementerian Keuangan antaranya adalah supaya projek yang kita nak bantu melalui dana jaminan khas kerajaan ini uh, rumah tersebut adalah rumah mampu milik di bawah uh, harga 300000 kita juga cadangkan supaya pemajuan projek itu pun telah melepasi sekurang-kurangnya 80% tahap pemajuan 
dan juga kita perlu melihat program perumahan yang terletak di bawah kerajaan ataupun pihak berkuasa negeri yang sebenarnya lebih kepada tujuan menyediakan rumah mampu milik tetapi juga menghadapi risiko projek sakit. Terima kasih Tan Sri yang dipertua. That was Deputy Local Government Development Minister Akmal Nasrullah Muhammad Nasir. Uh, let us know, I mean, we've asked this before, but what are some abandoned housing projects that you've seen around town? What do you think can be done to these spaces, right? What can we be doing better? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Moving on, Ampang MP Rodzia Ismail wanted to know what was being done to permanently deactivate recycled phone numbers so that mobile users can get peace of mind. Because apparently users who receive these numbers have had to deal constantly with issues involving breach of privacy when the number was still associated with previous users. So the Communications and Digital Minister Fami Fadil uh, fielded this one, saying that the recycling of numbers is based on an existing policy and that every inactive number is reused to avoid wasted, she actually compared phone numbers to resources like petroleum and gold, saying that it also needs to be managed properly. So Fami said that actually inactive numbers will first enter a quarantine or a quote-unquote cooling off period for at least six months before being reused by new users. And this practice was common in other countries as well, including the US, Australia and Singapore. Bagi menangani masalah dan mengurangkan risiko berkaitan panggilan kepada pengguna nombor lama, Nombor-nombor yang telah tidak aktif ini akan dimasukkan dalam satu tempoh kuarantin atau dengan izin cooling off period selama sekurang-kurangnya enam bulan sebelum boleh digunakan semula oleh pengguna baru. Untuk maklumat uh, untuk makluman uh, uh, Dewan Yang Mulia, uh, setakat tahun ini, di awal tahun, uh, pihak kami dimaklumkan melalui MCMC bahawa terdapat 8.15 juta nombor yang berada dalam uh, cooling off period yakni yang di kita semula daripada sejumlah hampir 49.4 juta nombor yang akaun yang aktif dalam negara kita amalan mengguna semula nombor telefon lama dan tempoh kuarantin ini juga digunakan di negara-negara lain seperti di Amerika Syarikat di mana cooling off periodnya adalah 45 hari Australia 6 bulan dan Singapura 90 hari now, the snag here is that MCMC can't prevent services or banks from storing their customers' personal data for long periods of time. So the minister advised new users to take precaution, block phone numbers as well, and that if users received calls that threatened their safety, they should make a police report or call the National Scam Response Centre's helpline. Walaupun langkah-langkah mengurangkan masalah dan risiko telah dilakukan, MCMC tidak dapat menegah bank atau sebarang perkhidmatan daripada menyimpan data pribadi pelanggannya untuk tempoh yang lama. Oleh itu, dalam menangani perkara ini, pengguna baru harus cakna untuk menyekat nombor telefon dengan menggunakan fungsi sedia ada yang terdapat di dalam telefon mudah alih. Pengguna juga hendaklah sentiasa mengemaskini maklumat nombor uh, telefon mereka dengan pihak penyedia perkhidmatan perbankan bagi menjamin keselamatan akaun perbankan masing-masing. Jika terdapat panggilan yang mengancam keselamatan pengguna baru, disarankan supaya laporan polis dibuat dengan segera. Sekiranya pengguna berhadapan dengan jenayah penipuan, Pengguna hendaklah melaporkan perkara tersebut ke talian bantuan Pusat Respons Scam Kebangsaan atau NSRC pada nombor uh, talian 997. Sekian, terima kasih. 
That was Communications and Digital Minister Fami Fadil. Uh, Fami later shared that the number of complaints MCMC had received was small, uh, only 80 since 2021. Let us know, uh, have you experienced issues with, with this? Have people been calling you, claiming that you're somebody else? Or, you know, has your phone number essentially been attached to somebody previously? Let us know. That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. And that's all for today's uh, report on Parliament. Here's a recap of the main topics that were discussed. The guidelines on rallies. Uh, this particularly follows the issue of people uh, being stopped from chanting the Takbir at the Free Palestine rally on Sunday. Uh, we also heard about the possibility of the Zion Zoysia grass being installed in other stadiums around the country. Uh, we also heard about the long-standing issue of abandoned and sick housing projects and how better those spaces can be used. Finally, on the recycling of phone numbers causing issues to new users. If you'd like to weigh in on any of these, if you have experiences or thoughts you'd like to share, you can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. It is 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been talking about the latest updates from Parliament today. A number of different things came up, including um, upgrades to our sports stadiums around, this, around the country, uh, the long-standing issue of housing projects being abandoned, and what we'd rather see those spaces used for. Uh, but also the recycling of phone numbers and whether there needs to be more done to make sure that uh, this doesn't cause problems for new users. If you have thoughts on these, send them through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have some thoughts coming through on the uh, issue of recycled phone numbers. Yes, let's start with Yahya who says, Someone once threatened to lodge a police report on me for stealing their friend's number, despite the fact that I registered that number legitimately under my name and that was 15 years ago. It's still an issue today? Well, I actually think, yeah, yeah, that it might be increasingly, it might have only increased because of the number of people who now need phones and the number of people who give up numbers and get new numbers and so on. Um, I mean, I was actually just talking to Lynn about this off air, about how um, in my family WhatsApp chat group, recently we had this issue of um, someone creating a subgroup for someone's surprise birthday party and accidentally adding um and a relative's older number. And it turned out that essentially it was a stranger who was added to our family chat group and he made a remark that was very rude and, and, and essentially an expletive and then left the group, which was the first time that we kind of thought, ah, actually everybody needs to be a little bit more mindful about making sure that the phone numbers that you have in your phone, but also if you change your number to make sure all your contacts know that you're no longer using that number. Which is what Roberto is saying. Um, I particularly have not been targeted because I've never changed my number for the past 15 years or so. However, what I have experienced, unfortunately, is when people change their number and then it's not updated and then I call my so-called contact and it happens to be a different person. So then I apologise profusely, but still, I know that person's contact, which means from the beginning that they were just not the person I knew. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, no, Roberto. I mean, I think that's actually com that's actually very good advice. Um, I do think that um, this is perhaps the most benign version of what can happen because obviously the fact that somebody might think 
your, uh, you know, this number that they're messaging uh, is a friend or um, is a relative means that it leaves them open to be scammed. It leaves them open to be tricked. And on the part of a new user, suddenly you start getting calls or, or threats or um, just perhaps spam from somebody that you don't know. Yeah, I so I, like you, Roberto, have had my the same number for a very, very, very long time. So I also haven't necessarily experienced this. But like you, I've also contacted people wrongly. And generally speaking, it's been polite. But I think that um, what your example shows, Sharmila, is that if everybody, you know, you're simultaneously being told that you have to be on your guard right? Against yes. scams. Um, and then you are facing these situations in which there is every possibility that you're being contacted by people you don't know, and then you're not sure how to react. And I think it's making people feel edgy. Yeah, no, for sure. Getting a, a random message from a number you don't recognize or don't know can, can be quite disconcerting these days. Anyway, keep your thoughts coming. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.